2: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Outward, Slate's show about queer life and culture. I'm Brian Lauder, an editor at Slate, and today I'm joined by Daisy Rosario. Daisy is a senior supervising producer of audio here at Slate, and I'm so excited for her to be here.
1: Hey, Brian. Thank you for letting me be here.
2: (laughs) You're always welcome. And actually, as I mentioned on our most recent episode, we're going to be switching things up a bit. Uh, there will be more Outward in your feeds, which is so exciting. And Daisy is going to be one of the people working on that uh, with Christina and Jules and, and the rest of us. Uh, you'll hear her voice here occasionally, like today, because she is bringing us an interview that she recently did with Bob, the drag queen.
1: Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'll be working behind the scenes with you guys. And then occasionally, you'll also hear me here. Right. If you listen to some other Slate shows, you you might have heard me on those. But yeah, I'm excited to be here and share this conversation with you. So Bob the Drag Queen, as I'm sure plenty of people know, is the winner of season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race. Definitely one of the best known contestants to come from that show, I would say. Yeah, and since winning, they've put out their own stand-up specials and built a really popular podcast called Sibling Rivalry that they co-host with another drag race winner, Monet Exchange. They've also put out some pretty good hip-hop too, but the biggest thing you may have heard recently is that Bob is currently touring with Madonna on her big celebration tour.
2: Okay. Somehow I like missed this memo. That is so awesome. And what a perfect job for Bob. Bob is the best. Like I'm not, I, I've been a fan forever. Um, Bob is actually the drag mother of another sort of friend of Outward Drag Queen, Miss Cracker.
1: I oh, yes. Knew that.
2: But yes, I knew Bob sort of before in New York City before all of the fame, I guess. But this is like this Madonna thing is so, so cool.
1: Yeah, right. Like it was a really big deal when that announcement came out. Um, and there for like the hardcore fans, like Bob had to cancel some other like upcoming events, and they had canceled it before the announcement of Madonna came out. So people were like, "Ooh, what's it going to be? Is there a is there another you know winners season of All Stars? Is he coming back to Drag Race?" And then it was like, "Nope, working with Madonna," which was amazing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's so cool.
1: So, Brian, what's your relationship to RuPaul's Drag Race specifically?
2: Uh, we can talk about that But <laughs> I would say just briefly. You know, I I started watching the show when it when it came on. You know, I was in yeah. college, I guess. I think that was two thousand nine, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, was immediately hooked. Over the years, I've kind of I would say burned out on it. Largely, I did watch yeah. this most recent All Star season and thought that was a lot of fun. Um, I thought that the folks nice. on that were great. But you know, it's just it's like taken over the culture in such a crazy way, and I. Have I have a hard time oh, yeah. just, like keeping up the energy <laughs> to to like pay attention.
1: Well, and there's so many versions of it now too.
2: Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah, I mean yeah, I can't even begin to get into like, you know, Thailand and like all the rest of it. Uh, but, it yeah. but I do I do I am glad That it has provided a functioning sort of economy for all of these uh, performers, and and that
1: that's very true.
2: Make a living that way. I mean that that is certainly something that just would have been unimaginable, you know, uh, two decades ago. So uh, whatever, what you know, my own interest in the show is kind of beside the point. I think it's like I'm just glad that people are being able to to practice their art in the way that they are because
1: of it. Yeah. Well, and the reason I did want to ask you, like the way that I asked you like about drag race specifically, as opposed to drag is that those are two different things, right? Like they are. And I think that that's hugely important. Um, But uh, yeah, I am, I'm still a big fan of the show. Although I would say I definitely don't, you know, love it the way I did when it first started, Uh but uh that just happens in general. It's definitely remained kind of a big part of my life just because of the other cultural aspects of it. Right. So like uh, when I moved to Washington, DC from New York in 2017, and I was like, I don't know people there. Like, I'm moving here in my 30s. I need to meet people. One of the easiest things to go to were the screenings of Drag Race, yeah, right? There's usually a, a drag queen that hosts and stuff. And it was one of the easier ways for me to just kind of, like, meet new people. Especially since you can often find a lot of gay bars, but you can't always find, like, more women-centered spaces. Yeah. So... Drag Race itself, like, kind of those screenings, even though they would be at a gay bar, would often be kind of a more welcoming night than maybe other random nights at the bar would be.
2: That makes sense to me, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so, like,
1: it's kept up that relationship for me, and then my partner, you know, when she moved down to D.C. to kind of be with me, similarly, I was like, I want her to feel like she at least can figure out how to start having some community, so we would go still, you know, the Drag Race screenings. And when my partner proposed to me, she actually included, like, the drag queen that hosts the screenings we go to. Like, she had that queen is the one who helped surprise me. Uh, so, that's so cool. Aww. Yeah. It was really sweet. And so even as I don't always, like, love the show anymore sweet. and my relationship with the show has changed, I think, like, it still holds a kind of a special place in my heart. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it has spilled over into other aspects of my life. Absolutely, um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. So because of that, I was like extra excited to talk to Bob. Like Bob is absolutely one of my favorite queens to ever come out of the show.
2: Mm-hmm. Bob is one of the most brilliant queens, I would say. Just the intelligence and and skill and all of that that Bob displays has, has always amazed me. So this is so thrilling that you're getting to talk to them.
1: Yeah, it was really fun. And quite honestly, when I listen back to it, I feel like I can hear how excited and nervous I was. <laughs> um, because there are so many things I could have talked to Bob about. Um, and I do want to just acknowledge, like I did have this conversation with Bob a few weeks ago. So it was before the official Madonna tour kicked off. Um, and I mentioned that because we do talk about their role in the tour in this interview. Um, they were a little cagey when I asked, um, <laughs> or at least that's how it felt to me. And now, since then, it kind of makes sense because when the f- news first came out that Bob was going to be touring with Madonna, it was kind of announced as Bob opening for Madonna. But now that the tour has actually begun, and it's getting great reviews, by the way, uh, I'll be going to it here in D.C. in December. But now that the tour has actually started, it actually looks like Bob's role is more as like a master of ceremonies. This tour is a celebration of Madonna's entire career and all the different eras and looks that came with that. So it seems like Bob is actually the one helping with those transitions and kind of explaining each era as it comes. I see Uh, which sounds really fun and cool. And so I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, it was really great to talk to Bob. We do talk a little bit about their tour of Madonna, but we really talk a lot more about Bob's own career and work, um, the original music that they've been making since leaving Drag Race. Most of it is hip hop, which I grew up loving hip hop, even though it is very misogynistic and very homophobic at times. (laughs) It's very fun to hear Bob's gay bars. Like that's literally has a song called that. Right, right so it's a lot of fun we talk about that and all of the other incredible queer artists that bob has continued to work with in their time since leaving rupaul's drag race so overall i think it's just a really fun conversation and i'm really happy that we get to share it here on outward
2: yeah i can't wait to listen
1: right on so uh thanks for handing it over to me brian we're gonna take a very quick break and when we come back i will be here joined by bob the drag queen And I am now joined by Bob the Drag Queen. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. I'm a big fan of your work. I first became aware of you on RuPaul's Drag Race, but it has been very fun to follow your career since you are yourself also someone who podcasts, you do plenty of videos, TikTok, all kinds of things, just a huge creator. But what made you want to do hip hop specifically?
0: Well, I've always been a big fan of rap, hip hop, uh I'm, I'm from Atlanta, which has a big hip hop scene, you know. I was yeah. being a big fan of uh, Outkast and Jermaine Dupree and DeBrat, T I, you know, when I was younger. And I remember, you know, one of my first times that I really gained popularity amongst my peers was really in high school when we would uh have rap battles at lunchtime. We go out to the courtyard and And we'd have these rap battles and it was my leg up, you know, being like a, a, like a gay boy in Atlanta at the time was not particularly popular. It's probably not popular right now (laughs) at at, (laughs) at my school, (laughs) but I was able to outwit, outsmart and these freestyle battles, we we, we were like, it wasn't just freestyle. It was extemporaneous. We were coming up with the raps in the moment and it would always really wow people how I was able to come up with these hilarious one-liners and just, you know, annihilate my opponents. So, so rapidly, like one after the other. I just I had a love for lyricism since then. And then I started to see people doing rap in a more humorous way, yeah. which really, you know, LMFAO was a big inspiration for me. They were this campness to the hip hop. It was so camp. And then also comedians who do humor with their music that aren't rappers or rappers in a traditional sense, like Bo Burnham, who has a camp aesthetic to his music. So while My stuff isn't as campy as Bo Burnham's. It's still like, if you listen to my EP, there's a lot of humor in it. Like, I can't write a song without throwing at least a joke, you know?
1: Absolutely. Well, anybody who does know you from Drag Race would know that you are hilarious. And that is one of the things about you. But I think, you know, if you're not a fan of Drag Race, people may not be aware that it is, you know, quite common after a run on Drag Race for people to, you know... You got to do what you got to do. You got to like turn out the hustle. And so they mm-hmm. start making the merch and uh, a lot do start making music. A lot of that music is often dance music and is very kind of, I mean, I love dance music, but I guess oh, if yeah. I'm trying to speak to uh, the average person, it's like very in the style of what you might have heard of RuPaul's own music.
0: Well, to be fair, I might say that, I might say that RuPaul's music is a little better than some of them. <laughs> 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 it's it's a, it's a little reductive of RuPaul's music. Uh,
1: sure. Yes. Yeah. I would say that. Hey, I mean, there are some tracks that I do legit listen to now. Oh, me uh, too. Me right? too. Now, let okay. me tell you
0: right now, baby. drag. I love drag music. I, let me tell you right now. There is, You would be hard-pressed to find a more intense fan of the culture around drag music than me. I love me some drag music, for sure. And a lot of times when we release these songs, it really is passion projects because... The, the truth is, we don't make. All of us don't make a ton of money off the of songs. Like, for example, someone like Trixie Mattel, who has a a career as, as a musician. Uh, And quite a talented musician. Like, if you look at her YouTube videos, the videos where she's like just sitting down doing makeup with someone will get like millions of views. But then these videos where she's producing these like well done music videos have like less views. And same with myself. I have these videos where I'm just sitting here like trying on someone else's makeup and it will get like two, three million views. And then I do an entire music video that has cost me a lot of money and it's my vision to a T and it'll have like 300,000. But it is one of my passions. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing is like so right now, you know, in hip hop in general, we are living through a time right now where like women are doing incredible. Like I, I have not seen another period like this in my, you know, forty something years. Myself,
0: it's wild. Like, do you remember when um when Nicki Minaj said competition? Why, yes, I would like some.
1: Yes, absolutely, yeah. Competition?
0: Why, yes, I would love some. And then, lo and behold, competition came through. Hardy became on the scene, and then like. As she opened the door, a lot of women just ran through, like Megan Thee Stallion, Lizzo, Flyana, Tukiana, Cupcake, and Doja Cat. I mean, I could be here forever saying saying the names of all these uh, women who are like, you know, coming through in rap and like getting big. It's really kind of wild, actually.
1: It's so wild. I mean, I, I didn't think I would ever see something like this. I don't think I thought about how much I didn't realize I would see it. But yeah, I mean, I feel very aware of it.
0: Well, I call it, I call it the GGT. The GGT is the, is the girls, gays, and theys of rap. It's everyone but cis straight men, right? This cis mm-hmm. head men. So it's the GGT of rap. It's a world where Lil Nas X and Saucy Santana get to perform at the VMAs. I mean, 2023 is uh, really unpredictable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have said so much uh, by saying so you, little. Because
0: do you remember when it was just like all rumors about who was gay?
1: Yes Oh my god I, If you are not a hip-hop fan I don't think that you know How much that was just a thing that
0: Oh yeah If, you don't, if you don't know the rumor, If you don't know the rumors About a certain rapper Whose name changes a lot Being gay Yep, yep. Um, And I'm not here to out anyone Because I don't know If he's gay or not But it's like If you're a fan of hip-hop You know That's like one of the big It's like It was just like a constant Is he gay? Is he not gay? Is he gay? Is he not gay? Which is why it's so refreshing To see people be like I'm gay Not yeah. just gay But like I'm in nails Like I'm I'm <laughs> Like I'm giving, like I'm gay, 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 gay. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And I think Saucy Santana is one of the first gay rappers to make it at the level that he's made it, who's like came out gay. And of course, you know, using his relationship with the City Girls, you know, and and Carisha, I think it's because we're able to now, because of our access to social media, we're able to choose our own celebrities now. We don't have to wait for the world at large to decide who's famous for us anymore.
1: I That is part of what I wanted to talk to you about, which is you have this incredible, incredible, just like massive women doing really well. Then you have a, somebody like Saucy Santana. And then, you know, as we said, with Little Nas X, breaking through as well in different ways. But it's even with all of the women doing so well, there is still like a huge part of it that is so hetero and like into heteronormativity, even when you have somebody like Cardi who is like, I'm queer, I'm bi, it still plays into very like straight male gaze version of things. Yeah. And so I think for me, even having access to artists like Little Nas X or Saucy Santana, I still find like your music so refreshing and your collaborations with other queer artists to be so fun and still new and fresh to me because it still feels like we're just starting to see people really dabbling in that space because it can be so misogynistic you know hip-hop oh, yeah, in general sure.
0: the, no you're not wrong about that and you know it's really interesting you mentioned that because like Cardi B is a queer is a queer woman um and even someone like madonna who's a queer woman and lady yeah. Gaga, who's a queer woman but for some reason people don't take the queerness of women seriously Yes, have you I noticed know. that? Like I have they'll be like they'll be woman. like like if you're a, if you're a queer woman if you've ever dated a man they're like oh you're like college by right. like you're like you're not like by like like you like you'll make out with a girl but you'll marry a man and have a family mm-hmm. um and they discredit the queerness of but then they overhype the queerness of bisexual men. Like if yes, you absolutely if you glance, if you have glanced at another man, nigga, you gay.
1: hmm
0: Like it's kind of wild how they will play down the queerness of women and hype up the queerness of um men, even when there's no queerness there. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> even even when the queerness is non existent, they create the queerness out of a vacuum. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that what you're talking about is just, it's it's so true. And it's something that you see, you know, as a queer woman, my partner, like, we see that all the time in our lives. I think of the bi men that I know and how they just get told that they don't exist. I mean, it's just... it's.
0: I mean, I get it, too. I mean, I'm pansexual, but I'm gay-coded.
1: Right. <laughs> because I came
0: out as gay first. And yeah. that's kind of how the world sees me. And I even have a hard time with women because they just see me as such a gay as as a gay guy but also like socially i am a gay guy like on the surface i am a gay guy and and i do kind of use gay as a a catch-all term i use queer a lot when i don't want to sit down and explain my queerness to people like out of a book or anything i just want to be my queer self and like go about my business but yeah, I'm one of those pansexual guys who's just kind of like, oh, but you're just a gay guy. And I'm like, you know, if it helps you to see me that way and and, and we can continue in our conversation, in our life, then sure, view me that way.
1: All right, we're going to take a quick break here. But when Outward is back, I will continue my conversation with Bob, the drag queen. And we're going to talk a little bit about them touring with the Madonna. That's after a quick break. All right, welcome back to Outward. I'm here with Bob, the drag queen. Okay, let's continue our conversation. Well, let's get back to the music for a bit. So how did gay bars your ep that you released this year you've been releasing songs here and there but how did gay bars the ep really come together for you
0: so i do these things so time when i'm really frustrated i just start writing lyrics i'm angry and i want to like get these lyrics out of my body and i one time i was at uh the container store and i was borrowing my, my ex's car um and the container store in, in uh in la at least one i went to is massive it's in a huge mall with, like, a five-story parking garage. And I when I got out of the car, I did not, I did not take a picture of where the car was. Oh, no. I was just in this parking lot going up and down the elevator, up and down the stairs, walking around, oh. looking for a little yellow Prius for over an hour with oh, God. with all of my stuff from the container store, mind you. This yeah. is on the way back from the <laughs> container store. So and I was so frustrated so I started writing like you ain't never you ain't ever met a bitch like me you know a bitch like me is a stunty queen Guaranteed, you don't really fucking want me queen y'all niggas ain't ready for a country queen you high you been smoking on the bluntie queen I'm the queen of the motherfucking bitch trap, trap. I'm a pip named motherfucking slick back back you got break then eat a fucking kick Kat I'm a shotgun with a fucking kickback back. and then the campiness of it all started kind of coming together when I started thinking of other songs that I wanted to do that I've had in my head for a while I really wanted to do a queer cypher for a long time and I thought that we that I should call it gay bars because you know it's it's the bars of the queers you know what i mean and, you know we love a good double entendre and being able to do that with some friends and some new friends um was really amazing with well, those of you who are familiar with my work alex miller is in the music video. He's not on the Spotify version, but we'll be dropping a remix with two more artists coming out soon. Actually, which I'm really excited. We got two more queer artists on the remix to Gay Bars. But of course, Camera Time, who's an amazing rapper. They want a meal, so my bringing the cold, and the lyrics hotter than dragons. The flow so fucking potent. They want to give me the chance. so I told them to up the voltage. I'm sorry, the big camera ain't coming up. Off of uh, I mean, like, I, you guys have to get the Camera Time. She's Camera with a K, Time with a Y. She's really amazing. Ocean Kelly. Just dropped his album. My dolphin has a virus. Mikey Angelo, who is a TikTok Twinkie rapper, who's—I mean, imagine like Dimitri Martin meets Bo Burnham, but live next door to Nicki Minaj. You know what I mean?
1: Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is a fantastic <laughs> description. Yes. Got them stuck on me like a wig to a brush. Got them all addicted like they're boomers and
0: I'm Candy Crush. I make them buy me a Tito's and I curb these hoes. Drag them to the drag shows and I swerve these hoes. So just some really amazing rappers. And we, we had almost like a touch it vibe the way we did the music video. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, I'm so proud of the I think Gay Bars might be honest in my in my opinion in one place the best collection of queer rappers in one I mean, space
1: that's on one track. How I feel I can't tell you how many people I've sent it to or like shown it to over time because it really is so fun to just go through so many incredibly talented but like different voices that are coming with different styles but it is so seamless it's just really really Well done and really fun and clever. Thank you. I mean, it's all the things that you want in hip hop. And I think that's part of what was so great about it to me was that, you know, there is generally like a lot of humor in hip hop, even when you're not trying to be funny on purpose. Right. Like people that are not the lonely island like hip hop has always been clever and has had these like great little lines in it. And then to just have like the range of experience, like, you know, I'm somebody who is very online. One of the shows that I work on here at Slate is a show that is all about the internet. And so I recognized Mikey Angelo from TikTok, but yeah. I had only ever seen them, you know, in the context of a TikTok about pop culture.
0: Yeah. Mikey is one of the people who just like, I, when I find someone on the internet that I just like, I'm blown away by their talent. I'm yeah. like, I want to be your friend. That's how me and Ocean Kelly became friends. Ocean Kelly was doing uh One Does Cunty Vision, so Ocean <laughs> Kelly would take songs from One Division and turn them into these like ballroom tracks, and it's like you know One Division, One One Division, dun, 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 dun. and I was like, this is so. And I, and I was like, me and Osha Kelly like, I have to be your friend. We have to work together. And Mikey Angelo, I saw him at the Queerty Awards. And then I was just like, can we please do something together? I took his phone number. He was living in like Arizona at the time. And then he moved to LA. And once he moved to LA, I was like, baby, we're going to hang out. like You and me are going to be friends. I'm trying to get Osha Kelly to move his ass to, to LA. <laughs> and if you love pop culture, Mikey Angelo, he gets pop culture. His, his Instagram name is Mr. Grande. So is his, his, his uh, TikTok name because he's his love for Erna Grande. Yeah, he, his grasp on pop culture and meme culture is so expansive. And the fact that he can up to his is like he's constantly updating it. Yeah, like he's never he's never behind on a trend. It's really insane.
1: How did you get to know some of the people that you're collaborating with? Um, and how did you like build these relationships creatively?
0: I've been very lucky with the people that I've been able to meet. You know, I'm someone who's kind of like forged their own path, but also had a lot forged for me. I, it's, it is not lost on me that I was on a reality TV show and quite possibly one of the most popular reality TV shows of all time. You know, yeah. Paul's Drag Race is the most Emmy award-winning reality TV show of all time. I don't know if anyone oh knows goodness. that. It's no, one, it's, it's one more Emmys than American Idol, America's Got Talent, and like like, like combined. It's wow. wild. It is the Game of Thrones of reality TV shows. <laughs> now granted, I was on it once Eight years ago. <laughs> but the show has lasting power, you know. So I, I'm able to leverage that for myself and I've leveraged in opportunities to work with Ocean Kelly, Mikey Angelo, Camera Time, Trixie Mattel, and even to working with literally the queen of pop, Madonna. I who, mean, you know, got wind of me and was like, I wanna have you join me. I, I did her Pride show, uh Pride of Twenty Twenty Two. Which was just obviously an amazing experience. And I I got to perform with her, Tokisha Saucy Santana. I
1: mean what a lineup. Really,
0: truly. And you know, being in the presence of someone like Madonna, um, I just went to go see Renaissance too. Um, mm. is really it's mind boggling. It's really like there's a moment where there's a moment where you're like, We've been rehearsing for months, so like, oh yeah, yeah, Madonna's here. But then you have another <laughs> then you have another moment where you're like, Oh my god, Madonna's here.
1: Right. I mean,
0: <laughs> Madonna's here. Like, m- like my mom was listening to Madonna before I was a, even a twinkle in her eye.
1: Right? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm.
0: It is really wild to be able to be on stage and across from her. And it was a similar feeling I got to just being in the audience and looking up at Beyonce. And I remember thinking to myself, like, Beyonce's been a part of my life since I was in, like, middle school. Yeah. Like, Beyonce's been a part of my life for most of my life now. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) But
1: I want to talk a little bit about that, about kind of your variety, because you know you are going to be opening for Madonna, which was, I mean, again, as a Drag Race fan, the news was big news. That was a, that was a fans texting fans about that big news kind of day. Yeah,
0: it it wasn't nothing. It wasn't (laughs) nothing for sure.
1: It's not nothing. (laughs) Um. But, like, in addition to, obviously, this music that you do, you said you're very funny, you do stand-up, you've put out your own stand-up specials before, you do a lot of hosting, among other things. I mean, when you're opening for Madonna, when I see you in December in D.C., what can I expect to see?
0: It it is Madonna's show. This is four decades of his. She's literally the queen of pop. Even Beyonce calls her queen mother Madonna. Yeah. She's the highest-selling woman in the history of music. You know... First and foremost, it is a Madonna show, and, and I'm there to add to that glamour and, and that gloriousness um, in any way that I can. And I'm, I'm just hoping that in the movie of her life, my role is so significant that someone will play me in the <laughs> Madonna movie.
1: But I mean, I've so I have seen you live, and that to me is part of what is so exciting about the uh, idea of. Oh, the where'd opening. you see me? Well, I saw you uh, when you did your sibling rivalry tour, uh, obviously named for the podcast that you do with Monet Exchange. That was a great tour. And what really stuck out to me about that as well was that you guys had the house that had won the most recent season of legendary uh, fantastic show that was on HBO Max, which is now known as Max. But now you can no longer watch it there. Such a fantastic show. But you know, when we got the tickets, my partner and I got tickets to see Sibling Rivalry Live, it obviously was marketed ostensibly as like it's our podcast live. But you and Monet also very clearly knew what your audiences wanted from you, in that there was oh yeah some chatter, there was some performances, and then you brought out this incredible, you know, vogue house. <laughs> like
0: So if you don't know, the House of Juicy Couture 1 season three of Legendary and we, yes. we have DYU, Day Day, Brooklyn, and Kamaya. Uh, all on tour with us. They were representing the house of Juicy Couture, which is a massive house. It was really amazing to tour with them. And it, there's a couple of things going on at play here. Like you're told like when you're black, you got to work twice as hard to get half have to pay, which is one of the links of my song. We're working twice as hard to get half have to pay multiply by two if you're black and gay and keep up because I know it's hard to understand, but multiply by 10 if you're black and trans. So we have this whole thing where we're like, me and Monet cannot just come out and be like, hey, look at our podcast and leave. We are doing our original music. We are doing costume changes. We we have videos. We ha- we we have an amazing Vogue uh, house. Then we do a whole podcast, and then we come out after that and do an entire lip sync extravaganza. Yeah, <laughs> storytelling of the Wizard of Oz with like costumes down. I'm really yeah. proud of that show. I honestly, I ate. We ate. Mona yeah. ate. Juicy <laughs> ate. Did.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the same way that when I saw the Gay Bars music video and I was like so excited to see you working with these other rappers, it just took me right back to seeing the live show and having always enjoyed, obviously, the dynamic between you and Monet, but really also just loving the fact that you brought the House of Juicy Couture on tour with you, or at least that faction, because these houses are a lot bigger than people can show on that show, Legendary, when it aired. But yeah, like I appreciate what you're saying about you know, needing to give all of that. But, like, why was that important to you? Like, why do you want to include a group like people from the House of Juicy Couture? Well,
0: I, you know, I want to make it seem, um, bene- like, benevolent and philanthropic, but the truth is I'm just big fans of their work and I and I want to bask in the glory of them doing what they do. Mm-hmm. So there is a part that's like, I want to give opportunity to people, but also, like, I get to witness their artistry and their craft and learn from them. So when I want... Even though I have I have a bigger platform than like someone like Ocean Kelly or Camera Time, I get to enhance my experience mm-hmm. by having them join me. I get to learn from them. That's actually something I, that I that I um witness seeing Madonna and working with Madonna. Madonna's not afraid to have someone around her who's also very good and maybe even better at a certain thing. Like Madonna when she did like a prayer, there's a woman on that song wailing <laughs> at the very end. I'll take you there. Yeah, yeah
2: yeah 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 yeah
0: yeah and madonna Madonna, like lets her almost like close the song yeah and madonna's like girl you're gonna make my song better Mm -hmm. so of course i'll have you you're just gonna make the song better and i'm campy and i'm a good rapper i'm not the world's best rapper i just have fun doing it and i'm not afraid to surround myself with people who i think are even better lyricists than me because it's just going to elevate the experience we all get to rise from it
1: i love that you know knowing that you can find some of these artists on tiktok that you're finding some of these people you know as you were saying people have their own fans now like fans can pick who they want to root for if people want to find more you know queer artists that yeah. you think are fantastic uh you know where should they be looking
0: so here's a place i've learned to look go to me or king kitty king kitty is a great one in out of base of atlanta georgia and they're doing these open verse challenges on tiktok where they'll have their song and they hold up like a microphone to the camera. And then if you go to the tag videos, you'll get to see a lot of people responding to them. So I did a, a GGT rap challenge, which is how I found Camera Time. And I found a lot of amazing queer rappers. You have to go to people like Flyana Boss and me and King Kitty, Ocean Kelly, Camera Time, like Angel Akita, who uh, has the viral song, you know, give me one margarita, I'm going to open my legs. And, and and they just did like a music video with like, I think she just did like the official mm. track with mm-hmm. Saucy Santana. Um, But yeah, check it like you go to those pages and look and click the little in the bottom right hand corner where the little ro- rolling circle that record that's rolling the that 45 is rolling. Click on that and you'll get to see some really great GGT talent.
1: There you go. If you are on TikTok like me, but also still constantly trying to figure out how to actually use it that will help you find some of these artists that Bob is talking about. Bob, thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a great tour with Madonna and that the shows are fantastic and that you keep learning stuff apparently because that sounds incredible.
0: Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you for your time.
1: All right. That is all for Outward this week. Now that we are coming out every week instead of just every month. Thank you so much to Bob the Drag Queen for being a guest. Thank you to our regular hosts, Brian, Christina, and Jules for trusting me with their little patch of audio over here. I'm really happy to be here. This episode of Outward was produced by Palace Shaw. I'm Daisy Rosario, Senior Supervising Producer of Audio here at Slate. And Alicia Montgomery is vice president of audio here at Slate. If you're a fan of Outward, please tell your friends, give us a rating and a review. And yeah, like we mentioned, we are going to be in your feed more often. So we'll be doing all kinds of new episodes. You'll still hear from your OG hosts, but we're going to try a few different things. And if there's anything that you would like to hear us talk about, we would really love to hear from you. Please feel free to email us at outward at slate.com. And thanks for listening. Catch you next time.